This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, 7.05 a.m. on Tuesday, the 14th of February. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokdar with Wong Xiaoning and Chong Jen Sun. As we always do, we're going to kickstart the morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. All key U.S. markets ended in the green. Both the Dow and S&P 500 were up by 1.1%. The Nasdaq was up by 1.5%. Asian markets, Nikkei down by 0.9%. Hang Seng down by 0.1%. Shanghai Composite, it was up by 0.7%. Straits Times Index up by 1.1%. And our very own FBM KLCI, it was up very marginally by 0.04%. So for some thoughts on what's moving markets, we have on the line with us Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Good morning, Joe. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Now let's tackle the latest data on inflation, which is the New York Federal Reserve Consumer Survey. This showed Americans have drastically reduced their expectations for household income with the largest one-month drop in the decade-long history of this series. Is this going to point to a lower inflation print when CPI comes out tonight it could expectations are coming down lower but really in january we saw a bump up in energy prices uh used cars prices some rents so uh, this number is going to be very tricky there's going to be a lot of noise in it and so where markets are looking for downward trend in cpi and the pce um, but i think we might get a little bit of both for the bears and the bulls and the hawks and the doves so stay tuned it's going to be a tricky number it's january it's early um, but we're not out of the woods yet when it comes to fighting and winning the war with inflation. And Joe, nearly 70% of S&P 500 companies have reported their fourth quarter earnings, with around 70% of them beating analyst expectations for the quarter. Would you consider that a good performance relative to previous years? I mean, it, it's okay. It's not great. I think we're heading into an earnings recession. Year-over-year year earnings going to be down. So this is, I think, the first quarter of the earnings recession. You know, really, there's margin compression uh, happening, whether it's wages, whether it's input costs, slack demand. So, you know, it's it's been, you know, the, the, the street has beat expectations. The guidance has been pretty weak. But I think the worst is yet to come. doesn't be dramatically worse. But the earnings outlook for next Q2, Q3, pretty tough because the Fed is still going to continue to raise rates. The consumer is in good shape but pulling back. And inflation, even if we're at like 5 6%, that's way too high still. So we've got a lot of work to do yet. But Joe, if you take a look at the respective sectors that have actually uh, released results, which one surprised on the upside and similarly, which disappointed for you? Well, I mean, energy did well, relatively speaking, but we knew that. But the year-over-year comps are going to be tough. Financials did okay, uh, relatively speaking. I think tech, you know, that's where a lot of people, we're, a lot of clients I'm talking to want to get back into technology because they think they're moving aggressively to cut costs, cut labor, reset, you know, year of efficiency, according to Mark Zuckerberg. So that's what they want to hear. So we're seeing a lot of money flow back to technology. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's the right move. But uh, people love their technology stocks, and you're seeing the money move in there. Can we talk about crude oil? Uh, This has been trading Mm -hmm. within a relatively narrow channel since November last year. Uh, With Russia lowering its oil output by 500,000 barrels a day from next month, are you expecting a breakout from current levels? 
I mean, not to where we were last, say, February, March. I think you know we were well above 100 bucks when we got into the March post the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia. But we're looking for an upward drift in oil prices. A lot of it's due to China. Maybe we're putting giving China too much due when it comes to pushing energy prices. But if that economy opens up, they start to travel more, more mobility, that's going to add more to the demand. Supply side, Russia taking off 500,000 barrels, um, that's going to squeeze a little bit here. So we think energy, the, big, the biggest thing with energy, don't, don't follow the oil prices. Look at the earnings. And the earnings were just gangbusters last year. They're going to be good this year, but not as good. And so I do think, you know, you want to own the major oil companies on a pullback, but don't buy them at these, you know, at elevated levels. We still we still think there's upside. We're, we're overweight energy, still like minerals, metals, oil services, on a pullback, be a buyer. Okay, but at the same time, right, if I look at natural gas prices, because they are all connected crude oil and natural gas, uh, European natural gas prices have fallen to the lowest level since September 2021 as confidence grows for energy stability in the region. So going forward, do you still see all prices remaining where they are for Brent is about 85, WTI is around uh, close to 80. Will will prices come down? I don't I don't think they're going to come down from these levels because remember in Europe, you know, these price caps, you know, they they've artificially capped energy prices in Europe. Europe's done a good job transitioning away from Russia. I mean, a fabulous job, actually. They've done it so quickly. But, you know, they've spent a lot of money out of public coffers, right? The public sector has paid for kind of uh, the subsidies to keep energy prices lower. Those those caps, subsidies have to come away at some point. And I do think when we start to see no, more normalization of prices, energy prices in Europe, that's going to keep prices higher or in the range that we're in now. So I don't see any collapse coming. If we did see a collapse in prices, then Europe would take away the caps and let the market set the price. So I think we're in this, you know, oil's in that sweet spot in terms of profitability, but we've seen a lot of good news already priced into these asset classes. And Joe, the Bank of England last week forecasted that the British economy would enter a shallow five-quarter recession in first quarter of this year. However, the FTSE 100 has managed to echo out a 5% gain in the last six months. What's driving this bullishness in, US, in UK equities? And why does it seem to be at odds with economic fundamentals? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hard to call the UK economy. But remember, the FTSE, though, the, big, the, the companies on the FTSE, they're leveraged to global growth. They're leveraged to Chinese demand, a weaker dollar. Um, you know, it, so to me, it's, it's bifurcated. You don't buy the FTSE buying, say, the UK. You buy the FTSE because you're buying companies that have businesses all over the world, Malaysia included. So I think you know, the FTSE is a play on this rebound and or expectations that we're going to skirt or avoid a global recession. I mean, it is remarkable in the last, say, 30, 45 days, as you know. The, the global recession, gloom and doom, has been kind of put to the off to the side, and that's very good for an index like the FTSE that's highly leveraged to global growth and demand. So it's not. So you know, you're right. I think the UK itself is in trouble, but those companies globally leveraged, they're in better shape. Joe, let's, let's talk about the pound, though, uh, Joe, because you know you've painted a rather bearish picture on the UK economy. So where do you see the pound going against the US dollars? A uh, US dollar. Well, believe it or not, it, the pound should 
I think gained some ground against the dollar because the got the dollar gains was so strong last year. And it, as you know, it's given a lot back since say September. So I wouldn't be surprised if the pound gained some back this year. And that's also on the expectation that the fed has one more, maybe two more 25 basis point rate hikes. So as the fed gets closer to this fed tightening cycle ending or peaking, the dollar weakness is going to be part of the kind of the narrative for this year, and the pound will benefit from it. Joe, thanks very much. But not much. dramatically. <laughs> On that not note, Joe, no. thanks very much for speaking with us. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America, Private Wealth Management. Uh, putting a caveat there, it's not going to be a dramatic increase in the pound. Uh, still things to watch. Uh, but yes, he gave a take on some of the trends that he sees moving markets in the days and weeks ahead. And it thinks um, there'll probably be a earnings recession and we're probably only in the first quarter of this earnings recession. I think if you look at most of the companies, although they did beat expectations, but they beat lower expectations and margins continue to compress as well. And it thinks the second and third quarter will probably be a bit weaker than expected. Yeah, what I get a sense of is in terms of uh, global growth, this Earlier in the year, or at least late last year, there was this sense, oh, recession is here, recession is here, we're facing a slowdown. But the data coming out is a little bit more optimistic. In fact, EU, I mean, forecasts, uh, economists are already expecting that the EU economy will bounce back faster in 2024. According to forecasts, growing by 1.6%, inflation will average 6.4% this year before slipping back to 2.8% the next. Now, I know 2024 is next year, but markets are all about looking forward, right? So if you think recovery is going to come faster, that any slowdown will not be a protracted, I think you're definitely going to see markets moving ahead. The only country, however, that is probably going to have a slump in the EU longer than expected, unfortunately, is also its biggest economy, which is Germany. So I think we'll have to watch that space. Olaf Scholz, the Chancellor, under pressure actually to deliver. 7.18 a.m. We're heading into some messages, but we'll come back with more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.